Welcome to episode 26 of the I Can Dig It podcast. I broke up with my wife on Twitter and I lost everything. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Joining me today is Bailey. Hi, my name's Bailey. <laughs> Christian. Hello. I'm it's surprised me. nobody hacked into his account and changed his like Twitter thing to like Bird Boy or something <laughs> Bird like that. Boy. Mm. I'm surprised nobody hacked into his account and posted his like profile pic as one of his dick shots. That's so awkward. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine breaking up with your wife and then all of your dicks all over the internet? Mm. Mm. Hot. Welcome <laughs> Sailor Venus, I think it was. Jesus, man. I didn't want to talk about this. If you know what we're talking <laughs> about, you know what we're talking about. I'm not going to mention it by name because it's really awkward. It's been a wild couple of weeks on YouTube. Woo! <laughs> Take us away. Set Today us we're going to be talking about <laughs> 2019 is fucking interminable. <laughs> Follow your rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, did we talk about that on the show already? What? We, I know we talked about Sonic. Well, we'll talk about that later. Hold on. <laughs> Today on the show has been fucking very disorganized. Uh, we're going to be talking about, you know, in general, music, some video games. Bailey's going to be talking about his newest addiction. It's kind of like a revisiting of a, an old addiction. Oh, you're fucking back on the habit, are you? Yeah. <laughs> Rehab didn't help. Get out of here, Whoopi Goldberg. Sorry. You get back in that habit. God, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, Christian's going to be talking about the new Blink-182 single, and we just got out of the theater having seen the greatest movie of 2019, Detective Pikachu. Detective Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs> God, they go protect the Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> shit. Good shit. Oh, Christian, what have you been listening to, my man, besides uh, not listening to Aaron West and the Roaring Twenties, dick? Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> he can't even correct me. He knows what's up. I know. God damn. Blink-182 just came out with a single. It's called Blame It on My Youth, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. fucking good. It's like exactly what I wanted Blink-182 to do after their last album, California, which was very good, but it was very samey of like, this is Blink-182 trying to be the same pop punk they were back in the day. And now they're like, you know what? We're going to ditch that and we're just going to go full like pop rock. And I love everything about it. And California is the first album that they have uh, Matt Skiba on guitars, right? Yeah, guitars and vocals. Oh, boy. And uh, this new song is very good. It's a little more mellow. Um, and it's just like kind of like a just soft pop rock song. I don't know. I like it a lot. It's very different for them, but like not a full departure from like you you can still tell this is Blink-182. Travis Barker is still phenomenal on the drums. Like one of the biggest reasons to listen to the song is him. Um, but the song's really good. And fuck old people who don't like it. That's that's all I got to say. Gonna <laughs> yeah, say it up fuck front. boomers. <laughs> it's really good though. Like, I don't know. I I get really annoyed with people not being cool with bands growing up and changing and like if you don't like blink 182 changing fucking just stop listening to it like i don't know if you got like a 25 year career behind them you can, you can still do that yeah they've got they got like nine other albums you can listen to dude uh what do you think of the song bailey i think it's very good yeah. it's extremely catchy mm-hmm. I, I, and to be honest on the matt skiba thing before like i, I knew you guys and like blink 182 i knew like they existed i had no idea tom DeLong left i, I feel like <laughs> Matt Skiba's like just kind of slipped in and it's like everything's the same. Like Yeah, that's that's kind of how they tried to pull it off is like cool Matt Skiba's in here now. It's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. But that song is very good. It's extremely catchy. Travis, of course, kills it 24-7. Um, I love Blink-182, but I feel like Travis transcends them as just a drummer in general. <laughs> He's the backbone of the band. Yeah. Like if he was gone, 
California, like that album is good, but one of the biggest reasons it's good is because Travis's drums are just amazing. It's just ridiculous. He's way too good for Blink-182, but I'm so glad that he's in Blink-182. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And like, yeah, this song's very good. So mm-hmm. that's that's really it for me, actually. Like, I've been listening to that and a little bit of this EP called Crying in the Prettiest Places by No Rome. Um, no no Rome is good. Yeah, nice. they're like on the name. same record label as... The 1975 Pale Waves and uh, uh, the Japanese House. Mm -hmm. And all of these bands sound like bands that could, they could all be in one mega tour together, just like those four bands, and they would all make sense together. But they all sound distinctively different. And No Rome is like, they've got a little bit of 1975 in there, a little bit of the Japanese House, and just a lot of what makes them different i can't really describe their music too too much aside from it's just really good (laughs) just really nice fun pop that i'm enjoying a lot and that's about it all right very nice bailey what's on the i can dig it weekly spotify playlist so there's like pop punk alt rock stuff all over the place is there anything influencing this or is it just kind of um kind of yeah the song that you showed me versace summer (laughs) <laughs> that song that song is amazing that right. song is, context yes uh jank uh they came out with a 2016 album it's fucking amazing go listen to that it's uh really it's so really good. dumb very well done technical uh math rock yeah with just punk mixed in there and it sounds incredible mm-hmm. uh they came out with an album in 2018 uh it's called versace summer it's eight tracks and it's very very good it's just as dumb as their last album but fucking way better. Go on. Mm-hmm. So uh, we were driving, and Isaiah showed me the song, and I'm like, oh, my God, this sounds like it's from, like, the early 2000s. And he's like, this was 2016. And I'm like, that's the shit. 2018? 2018. Sorry. That's the shit. I love it. And so I was like, I need to go back and listen to that old stuff. And that brings up another song that's on here, Dirty Laundry by You, Me, and Everyone We Know, which is a song I showed you after that. That's very good. It's also another kind of pop punky song from the early 2000s. Then we have some new ones, uh, You're Killing Me by Remo Drive and Cold Raviolis by Graduating Life. Those are very, like, just very pop punk. That's it. I don't know. This is all yeah. just pop punk, my friend. It's, it's getting warm outside, man. That's all you need right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cold Raviolis is good. I feel like that one is has a little more to say in it. You're killing me. It's just like I'm complaining about my girlfriend. <laughs> Fuck you. you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> But Cold Raviolis is about this guy that is doing his last set of shows because what he's doing isn't working out. And there's a line in there that says, you complain about your major that you don't know what to do. I know exactly what I want, but it'll never come true. Oh. I'm like, oh, fuck. That's rough. Ow. That Ow. hits home. So <laughs> that song's pretty good. Give that, give that a listen. And then also Razorblade by The Strokes is on here. Razorblade's very nice. good. That is probably the best chorus they've ever made in a song, in my opinion. That chorus fucking kills. It's amazing. Again, Strokes is like the original, would you say, like alt-rock kind of thing or it's definitely one of the big progenitors of that wave i would say like them mm-hmm. interpol uh bands along that line mm-hmm. so definitely uh, a lot of a lot of fun summer stuff going on over here check well, it out it. where's that blink song on there um, motherfucker you just talked about a bit <laughs> you can have it on the weekly two people need to hear Fuck it. it i can add it right now bitch I've don't you listen to the better. <laughs> uh bailey Yes. Where can we find this uh, excellent playlist, and where can we find the rest of the songs? Do they do they just disappear when they're done? Of course they don't disappear, silly. <laughs> Music doesn't work that way, idiot. It's the internet. <laughs> nothing, nothing goes away. It's the internet, dummy. <laughs> Your dick pics are not. everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> Welcome to it, Sailor Mercury. What's up? Oh, God. But <laughs> you can find all of this on Spotify. Search I Can Dig It Weekly. Uh, look for The Shovel. Also, all the songs that were previously in the weekly shuffled back to The Vault. So The Vault has, let's check how many songs it has right now. It has 102 songs in it. Is five hours and fifty-two minutes long. Oh wow, that's a good, nice drive. Yeah. So, so there you go. Check it out. Look for the shovel. We find some music that I dig. I do want to nice. say though, my favorite thing about our current culture is watching when people like set themselves on fire. Like everybody surrounding them will put up like streams on YouTube of them losing subscribers. Mm-hmm. And then it'll just be like meme music in the background, people shit talking them in the comments. It's great. <laughs> what have been you've been listening to, Isaiah? <laughs> Um, I've been hyper-focusing on uh, the 2001 Strokes album, Is This It? I talked about this last show, but I've I've developed a more complete view on the album. This is probably one of my favorite albums, like, out there right now. Like, Mm -hmm. the Strokes in there, I think it was their debut, fucking kill it. Yep. Completely, 100%, knock it out of the fucking park. Um, The only thing I don't like about this album is... Like, the songs that were T-Mobile commercials are in there, and those are excellent songs, but you can still, like, remember back to 2002 when they were T-Mobile commercials. <laughs> uh, um, gotta make money, dude. <laughs> I guess, dude. Fucking, honestly, it, like, as an artist, fucking sell out. Do it. If yeah, you can make no. a dime as an artist, fucking sell dude, out. Yeah, exactly. Rent. There's no such thing as selling out as an artist. <laughs> Got but no. bills. Excellent album. I started listening to them uh, a few weeks ago, as you guys know. Uh, my favorite track off of this album is the opening, Is This It? I think it has this really incredible, simple uh, bass line that just opens up the whole album. Uh, it's very, it's kind of a scummy, uh, low-key song, and I, I love the shit out of it. Uh, I love the follow-up to it, The Modern Age. I love Someday. I really like Hard to Explain because it's like having something going on in your outer life and your girlfriend wants to know what's up and you can't really explain it to her and it's kind of frustrating. I like the concept of that song. It's also kind of upbeat and poppy. Uh, great song. Uh, you can really tell where their influence is coming, up, coming from. Like uh, television is a big one. Uh, you can tell the Ramones is in there a lot. Uh, just taking a kind of a simple riff and then building an entire song off of it. I love that shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nice. Um, other than that, I've been listening to the Versace Summer album by Jank. Uh, Grim Reefer is a ton of fun. Uh, my favorite, though, is still Versace Summer, uh, just because it is so much dumb fun. I love their lyrics because it's like very, it's very technically competent punk, but the lyrics are complete and utter gibberish, dumbass nonsense. I love that. And that completely like takes punk and it fucking runs with it. I love it. It's nice to like listen to a punk album where the lyrics are just goofy. They don't take themselves too serious. Exactly. That's like one of my favorite, one of the reasons I really love earlier modern baseball albums. Like they're just dumb fun. Oh, totally. They go hard in this thing though. Like it's interesting to look at the the whole album and the time. Like the majority of these songs are like two minutes, 30 seconds. And you get to Versace Summer, that song's five minutes. Oh yeah. They go hard in that song. Ooh. Gotta Good. blow it up. I also like the Gucci Spring, the song right before that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's this kind of weird, spacey instrumental track, which is, I think, a f- it's not first for them. I think they had one on the their self-titled, but I just fucking I love that song. It's really weird. And uh, I've been listening to Antics by Interpol. I know it's a spectacular album, but I'm I'm stuck on exactly one song, and that is Evil. Uh, it's like the song I am stuck on right now completely. Mm-hmm. 
It's I've showed it to Christian. It has this amazing, weird music video where it's like there's a car accident. It's very tragic, but our lead singer is like this horrifying puppet. Oh, I could barely like listen to the song because that video. <laughs> it's like this. Ugh. I remember you trying to explain that to me, and you're like, you're, you tried to show it to me. And I'm like, nah, you keep that. I don't want. <laughs> I, I've, I've heard enough. Like the song is very good. Oh, it's very wow, very good. that video. <laughs> uh, the hook on the uh, chorus of that song is fucking amazing. I love the lyrics, especially Rosemary, Heaven Returns You in Life. It's like, ooh, Jesus, yeah. that's grim. Damn. And it takes off to that like, early 2000s like, Brit punk revival sound, and I completely love it. Nice. Uh, big one. Routine Maintenance by Aaron West and the Roaring Twenties came out, yes. and it is exactly what I wanted it to be. And more. Good, good. Uh, it continues the story. I think it ends the story of Aaron West uh, very, very well, uh, as long as Dan Campbell chooses to end it. it does, it's not like open and shut, like cut and dry sort of ending, but it's like this is a natural progression and ending of this character that makes sense. Yeah. But if um, they did continue to go on, it would also make sense? I think so. Cool. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if I would completely support that, but listening to this album, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Yeah. I mean... Dan Campbell's so good at storytelling, Dan and Campbell's like lyrically, good he's so good. So, I mean, I could see him continuing it, even though I haven't fully listened to this album. Just to explain it, though, uh, the first Aaron West album came out in 2014. It's a concept album by uh, frontman of the Wonder Years, uh, Dan Soupy Campbell. Uh, it's a complete—well, it's not a complete tone shift— uh, it's a kind of a genre shift into more folksy, yeah. uh, green grass influence, but it's still, you can hear the rock and roll in it. Uh, and he's been developing it over the past five years. Uh, we've gotten a couple of EPs uh, and tracks every once in a while. Uh, my favorite being 67 Cherry Red. Oh, that song's so good. And it tells this really sad story of this guy who, who lost his father and then tried to start a family and then lost the baby. And then his wife, like, he, he, like, basically shuts down and his wife leaves him. Yeah. And that's the, the whole of the first album. Uh, second album picks up right after that. Um, it's basically three distinct mini-stories inside of the album that concludes with my favorite song on the album, Routine Maintenance. Um, I don't know if we can, we could probably have, like, a digging deeper on this later on once Christian's, like, fully digested the album. I would be very down for that spectacular <laughs> i will get on listening to it <laughs> but i think what he does with the sound is very interesting um he kind of picks up where uh 67 cherry red left off and brings in more of those rock and roll uh influences while also like doubling down completely on it at the very least the instrumentation of uh country and folk music um, tracks like Rosa and Rosita have uh, banjo and harmonica accompaniment, oh, yeah. but it is also still a very hard rock song that I love very, very much. Um, it keeps the sound from the original Aaron West album in that very sad kind of whiny. Uh, you can find that in one of my favorite tracks on the album, Bloodied Up in a Bar Fight. And I think the narrative structure is a lot cleaner in this one and more clean cut. The only problem I have with it is the placement of the song Just Sign the Papers, um, which details his divorce. It's one of my favorite tracks on the album still, but it just kind of breaks up what the story could be. And it finishes off with uh, another two of my favorite tracks. This is just It's very short, but it's very, very good. I keep saying favorite and find different words, but <laughs> uh, Winter Coats is, it builds a, a song off of a metaphor. It has a really good interlude where he's talking to his nephew, which I think is very good. 
and routine maintenance completely takes it off of track and is a piano with violin accompaniment and uh, just very soft, quiet singing from Dan Campbell. And I think it's the best track on the album. Nice. Very emotionally affecting. Uh, I As soon as it came out, I listened to all of it and I wept on the couch like a big baby. Yeah. If this album's anything like the last one, it's like an album that makes you want to cry, but I'm also like really happy while listening to it. Just happy like hearing someone with this talent to make lyrics in a song that make me want to cry like a little baby mm-hmm. <laughs> like is awesome. I love it. I love it a whole, whole lot. Um, you can listen into it and hear all of the references, like the, I don't know, not references, the uh, influences, especially from the fucking Mountain Goats. Good Lord. Mm-hmm. Even just the concept of this album is very Mountain Goatsy. Um, so I love that. I love this album. Listen to all of it. <laughs> it's very good. It's a good story. Uh, we Don't Have Each Other is the name of that first album. came out in 2014. I think Apartment is a really good song for people to start with. Our and Apartment it's like, is spectacular. Yeah. And that's like the first track too, right? Mm-hmm. I would watch the so music good. video actually. It's very, very funny. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, Aaron West might have rapped. I might get the like special edition vinyl and everything. I don't know if I'm going to do that. But a uh, very important album, favorite album of the year so far. And it's a, it's a pretty crowded year so far, so it's pretty interesting. Nice. Bailey. Hi. How's Borderlands 2, bud? It's going. I've played the majority of that game silently and have something else going on in the background. <laughs> you uh, listening to Max stream or something? Yeah, basically. <laughs> but like... But what's you, your beef with it, bud? It's it, it's uh, it's our boy. Fuck. Um, it's not good. I don't know what else you want to say. <laughs> it's It's basically like they just threw out a net to like internet culture while they made the game, and they go, grab everything. We have a plot, but just fucking throw all this internet shit into there, and everything that you hear other than the plot's gonna be these memes, and like that's it. And that's extremely frustrating. And I boring. feel like that really like dates the game it does extremely it dates it very three months later i'm gonna be like those memes were like three months old get it together (laughs) yes it's also there's also a lot of like just child jokes which i get it it's for kids and shit the game's also rated m weird for that (laughs) but like the jokes they don't they don't land and it just feels weird like it, it just feels like in a moment of silence you have this character. Well, sorry, what could be a moment of silence? You have this character just like talking. You're like, you are really souring this moment right now. You need to stop talking. I started playing it because I got the, um, I got the Handsome Collection too, which includes the pre sequel mm-hmm. and two. Yeah. And I was struck by the number of times within a two hour period where I would be looting shit and Claptrap would be doing something else, and he would yell from like across the stage. It would be nice if you were, like, a little bit faster. And it's like, shut the fuck up. This is a looter-shooter game. I'm comparing numbers. Shut your dick. It's very frustrating. Nice. Besides that, the game itself, I love to play that game. It's good. That game is so fun to play. Like, just like you said, it's a looter-shooter. There's a bunch of different guns as a looter-shooter to have. I think there's, like, a billion-some-odd variations of guns in that game. Um, and it's just so expansive and fun, and I've only been doing it with one character, and I'm having so much fun, and there's, like, six other characters. Which character are you with. playing? Uh, the Gunzerker. What's the, his thing? The most broken one. You can basically hold two guns at one time. Oh. But, <laughs> but because the game works in a way that, like, guns are your main way of doing shit, your game becomes very broken when you have two very broken guns in your hands, <laughs> in your hands at the same time. Like, I, I beat the game, 
and I was starting a new game, and I was like, I don't want to go through the side missions again. So I was like, I'll just run through the main story mission. And when you do that, you end up reaching, like, level caps where, like, you should have done side shit by this point, and you are not the right level to be here. And I was like, nah, fuck that. Because I had a gun that had a passive effect where I would do 800% critical damage, which is nuts. It's insane. 800%, that's a big number. <laughs> so, and I would also have a shield that amplified my damage to, like, a 200%. And then I would hold another gun in my other hand <laughs> that would just hit people in critical spots. And I beat the game doing that. Like, that's fine. And you can, there's bullshit like that for every character, and it's super fun to find broken things. And they're like, yeah, it's broken. Wow. Go have fun. <laughs> like, it's like that SMT thing where you find the perfect demon that's literally invulnerable, and you just break the game in half. It's so good. Mm -hmm. And that's only with, like, one character. There's six other characters in this game that have, like, just as much broken shit that's going on and all of that stuff. So it's very fun. It's nice. very fun doing that, and I'm very much enjoying it. And I might pick up the first Borderlands. I don't know. We'll see. How but do you it, feel about the uh, mm -hmm. current Borderlands controversy? The current stuff? Uh, I'm not talking about the fucking director. I'm talking about the... Actually, he did all of it. Never mind. What? Uh, he said that there would be no microtransactions. No oh, microtransactions. He, just, he just didn't know what he was talking about. The but microtransactions things. that he was talking about were in Borderlands 2. Oh. Like buying skins and uh, the DLC and all that extra shit. That was Those were options and stuff in Borderlands 2. He just said microtransactions without defining what he meant. He was like, everybody knows what I mean when I say microtransactions. <laughs> he wasn't actually paying attention. It was during like the release for the new gameplay for Borderlands 3, and he's like, the game will have no microtransactions, and then he went on, like, you can buy skins. And it's like, you're, like, you're fucking, people are going to call you on your bullshit. Like, obviously, we know you're not talking about, like, predatory, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But, like, do you have microtransactions in your game? And also, you're, you're a pissy little baby when people get mad at you. So, like, he, that guy, I feel so bad for everybody else on the Borderlands team. Because, like, man, if he didn't talk, there wouldn't really be many problems with the game. Honestly, at like, this point. I've seen the, um, I don't know where it was at, but it was a gameplay demo for it. Mm -hmm. And the game looks really good. I yes. think they've, like, they've, since they've overhauled that uh, fucking graphics, oh, Jesus, that man, kind of cell shading style. Yeah, the cell shading, they've completely, like, overhauled it. And with the current tech on the PS4 and current mm -hmm. systems, it looks incredible. It's gorgeous. Uh, all the shit that I wanted to be there is there, like, mm -hmm. especially sliding. Like, Playing Borderlands 2 is a game where I feel like just the momentum of how it plays, it should have a slide button. It's so funny that you mentioned the sliding specifically because there's a crowd for the live reveal and everything and they're on a stage and they're like, okay, you can slide. People are like, oh my God, that's awesome. You could hear the crowd freaking out. And mm -hmm. then they go up to a ledge that like you aren't tall enough to jump on and they go, and you can mantle. And the crowd loses their goddamn <laughs> mind just because you Good. can mantle onto a ledge. Yeah. Like, that's so like, that's half Damn. the problem with fucking navigating in Borderlands 2. It's just, like, they don't give you enough movement options, and they're like, here's the movement options you wanted for the last decade. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just funny. Hearing a crowd go, mantle! Like, <laughs> uh, something we've known for how many years? <laughs> yeah. But, like, ah. Uh, I'm I guess even... once Doom does something, everybody yeah. wants to do it. <laughs> then you can double jump? Oh. <laughs> you can double jump in a shooter? That's crazy. Now uh, we got a grappling hook. I'm, everything they showed in the game, though, that was just direct gameplay, was awesome for Borderlands 3. Like, I'm so excited for they They added even more variation into the game, more than I thought was possible. So mm -hmm. I was, like, great for that. 
So I'm I'm very excited. I'm very happy at this point. I'm happy nice. Anthony Birch isn't involved. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy Anthony Birch isn't involved. I'm also happy that Randy Pitchford is getting shit on because he honestly deserves it. He sets himself up to get shit on oh, all yeah. the time. But, yeah, I'm definitely going to be buying the game or pre-ordering it when it comes out. So. Do you hear about so people sick. wanting to boycott? Uh, because of Pitchford or the yeah. Epic Game Store? Just Pitchford. Uh, I don't blame him. He's kind of a douche. But I feel that, again, that isn't fair to the rest of the people that work on the game. That's what I think. It's like he's he's just kind of the dick at the top. I don't think he's designed or done anything for that game. Yeah. Just because he's a shitty CEO doesn't mean a bunch mm-hmm. of talented people have to yeah, suffer. Yeah, like literally yeah. Uh, during the live reveal, he's like, okay, uh, everybody who worked on Borderlands 3, please come on stage. And the whole stage was full of people. And like, you're not going to fucking buy the game because this one dude in the front and there's like 100 people behind him that also worked on the game. Like it yeah, seems, and they seems probably a, care a lot. Yeah, that seems pretty petty in my opinion. They knew know. that y'all wanted mantling. Yeah, they added mantling and sliding, and you're not going to buy the game because there's a doofus up front. That's not fair. It's one of those things where it's like, it's not even, you You can't point at the game and just be like, this is Randy Pitchford as a game. It's like, no. Like, I can I can dislike Louis, like not the not Louis C.K., but the show Louis. Yeah. Because it is Louis C.K.'s character, and all of the interactions are based off of Louis C.K., I can like Borderlands because that's an entire team of artists and actors and shit and designers mm-hmm. that have put together a good game. Don't shit on this game just because Randy Pitchford's president. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's just not fair. It's a good game. It's looking to be a good game. It is a I good hope so. game. I'll probably check it out. I've never been a huge Borderlands fan, but yeah, definitely. looks cool. If you want to, fucking I have all of them. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm... Actually, kind of tempted. Yeah. <laughs> Christian, what video games have you been playing on them? I'm glad you asked, Isaiah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> recently, I bought The Messenger on my Nintendo Switch. It's, What's that? It's a. <laughs> Do you deliver the mail? <laughs> No, you deliver a scroll. Are you you Ninja UPS? Is that what you do? I am UPS Ninja. Thank you. I can glide. I can grapple. I get to the mountain. He do do air. He do ground. (laughs) I have sword. (laughs) I have sword. I cut up the demon. uh, You're right. That's the game in the nutshell. It's a side-scrolling platformer where you're a ninja trying to get to the top of this mountain to deliver a scroll. And like you're like, cool, I'm just here. I'm going to do this. And uh, it's really dumb and fun. The game doesn't take itself too seriously. Like, I think it knows that the story is pretty simple. Like, you're here just for the gameplay. My favorite part about the gameplay on that point is it's pretty simple. You have, like, one hit button and you can throw shit. Like, that's about it. So the challenges in in the game isn't necessarily the um, combat or the enemies, but it's the platforming and how the enemies work with the platforming. So there's a lot of enemies that, like, shoot stuff or throw things around, and what makes it difficult is, like, you have to get to po- from point A to point B without getting hit, which is, I think, is fun. Because um, the combat, like I said, it's pretty simple, so having the areas be more of the fun part is really cool. Um, the art style is really nice. The music is awesome, just, like, fun 8-bit music that I'm a sucker for. And I think my favorite part is, like, anytime you beat a boss, you get a little bit of dialogue with him, and it's really, like, bro-y and fun. <laughs> you're just kind of like, hey, dude, sorry I kicked your ass. Um, see you later. And then you leave. And it's like, I love that. It's so dumb and fun. My favorite mechanic in the game, though, is uh, when you die and then respawn. Instead of you losing a bunch of gold, you have this little flying gremlin following you around, <laughs> and he just eats all the coins that you pick up for, like, 
until you fill him up, basically. Dick. And so instead of you losing the money, it just you don't get any for a while, which I actually prefer. Like, I don't mind dying as much in this game because mm-hmm. the repercussions are I'm not going to make money as fast. Where, like, seeing myself lose 100 coins every time I die is, like, in Shovel Knight especially, it's like, oh, my God. Uh, that's the worst one. I've, yeah. Oh, God. I've lost so much money trying to get money that I've already yeah. lost. <laughs> and it's, like, it's the one thing in Shovel Knight that, Dude, like. 2008 Wall Street called. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a good mechanic in Shovel Knight, but it's the one thing that makes that game frustrating and mm-hmm. really, like, just heartbreaking. And so this game not having it is really fun. Um, good fun game. I like it. I think it's only, like, $15. So Bravo. 15, check it out. It's $15. $15. Buy it. <laughs> $15. What else? Yeah, that's the main thing I've been playing. I've been trying to get through Sekiro as well. Mm-hmm. A lot of ninjas in your life. Oh, you're right. I'm, I have two bosses left. I can either fight this boss or this boss, and they're both fucking hard, so that's where the, I'm at. The Hatred Demon. I'm at the Hatred Demon and Genichiro. We call that, uh, uh, what was it, a rock and a hard place. Yeah, man. it's like <laughs> I can go this way or this way, and like there's not much else I can do in the middle. <laughs> it's yeah. like I have to get good or just stop playing. You and really? Right now, I've just stopped playing. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm taking like a day or two off to play the messenger, and I'm going to go back and try it again. That's, like, it it oh. really is like a, a get good scenario because like where you are at in that game, like all the opportunities to really upgrade, like you're just raw stats, like you're damaging your health, are gone <laughs> like yeah. at this point. So like you just need to like fucking... Like, all I could maybe do is upgrade my uh, shinobi arms. Is that yep. what they're called, I think? Yeah. My prosthetic arms. And like, but I don't think those are going to do too much if I upgrade them. Mm-hmm. Since both of them are just bosses where it's like, I got to get you good at parrying this guy. Mm-hmm. And the final boss has like three or four health bars. And he's really hard. <laughs> he's pretty tough. So I'll probably beat the game in a couple months. <laughs> uh, we'll see. Oh, I, I, I really like that game, though. So. That game's solid. But yeah. Nice, what nice. about you? I Beal? fucking watch the eyes turn to me. <laughs> Um, I've been playing a couple of different games. I uh, bought Cuphead again. Woo. Ooh. How many times is that? It's twice. Okay. Not how as much, bad as you fucking Shovel Knight. Fuck off. <laughs> how much is Cuphead? Cuphead's 20 It's only, okay, it's $20. Buy it. Hmm. It's, it's $20? No, fucking. <laughs> fucking, that joke's dumb. <laughs> uh, it only works for Hollow Knight. Because it it's $15. It's $15. Which I might replay. Buy it. <laughs> it's, it's really good. And it goes on sale often. Yeah. No, I've been playing Cuphead. Don't deal with the devil. Uh, it's that game that like rocked the entire gaming scene two years ago. The only other game than Dark Souls where people were like, should you make easy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Perhaps easy. <laughs> Squire, could you perhaps put in an easy mode into Cuphead? <laughs> <laughs> but it's um no, no, <laughs> no, knave, leave. <laughs> Gives him a nice little pimp slap. Get out of here. Get good or quit. <laughs> ah, ah, my cheek. It's just like a gentle like. <laughs> I hope that I showed like up that in sh- audio. Wait, can you do the? We need to give him a second. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear it. I hope everyone else can. <laughs> Shit. Uh. But no. <laughs> um, it's completely cell animated and then put into the game. Uh, it's gorgeous. It's done in that 1930s Fleischer era uh, style. Mm-hmm. And Everything's a noodle. <laughs> Everything's a noodle. 
Yeah, it has that rubber hose look that I really love. Um, it's yeah, it's like perfect. It's the pitch music's perfect. amazing in that game. Yeah, it's oh my big god! Big band jazz, and it sounds incredible. Uh, it's themed to the enemies. Uh, I've fucking I'm almost to the end of the game. I've beat up to the second to last boss, but he's fucking not fun. Yep. Dice Master oh is an my god. asshole. That boss is not fair. It's I don't understand how they're like, you know, you know what? This is not the final boss. This is the pre-final boss. It almost feels like I want to be done with the game after that fight. Like, god damn it. Is the so... final boss even worse? The final too? boss is even worse than that. Final Fuck. boss is the devil himself. It's the devil himself. <laughs> yeah. Those games are just like I remember playing that game with you guys, and it's just like, my hands can't do what my brain wants it to do. <laughs> Dude, you basically, like, I was playing alone and without distractions, staying up late and honing my fucking ninja skills. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, like, you get to that point of, like, equilibrium with the game where it's like, you finally gotten to the difficulty curve where it's like, well, that was my fault, 100%. You got me. Yeah. But it usually takes, like, 15 minutes handling a boss before you get to that point where it's like, ah, there, I fucked up. Instead of the boss did some dumb bullshit that I didn't see. Mm-hmm. And so, you have to, like, get to the boss, too. You got to get to the boss. Uh-huh. That's fucking hard. Um, But, yeah, beating that game, it's like, not beating that game. Beating the bosses is, like, this big fundamental achievement in your soul. It's like, yes. I did it! <laughs> Me! <laughs> like, I thought, like, fighting, there's this, like, junkyard robot, and he is the most bullshit fucking oh, boss. I hate that boss. So what he has God. is, he's this big, ugly, stupid, iron giant-looking motherfucker. Mm-hmm. And in his head, there's a scientist man. And the beginning part is the fucking hardest. Like, after that, the boss fights a breeze. The beginning part, he has, like, three different things. You can bust his antenna. There's this chest cavity that, like, fucking... Oh, what does it do? It shoots out, like, seeking missiles and shit like that. Or no, yeah, shoot- no, it shoots out this thing, and it's like you have to parry it, and it has, like, this complete thing that, like, just wipes across the screen and mm-hmm. does damage. And the other one on the bottom is Tommy. shoots out the little, little spaceships. It's flying an S. It's like, okay, that sounds manageable. But every time you break them, it's replaced with another, even more annoying thing. And you have to fucking bullet hell your dumb ass through it. And it took me, like, an hour and a half because he has so much fucking HP. But after that, the boss fight's a cakewalk. Yeah. So fuck him. And you can't just shoot, like, the, the robot hit himself takes up, like, the majority of the screen. Like, the entire screen. But you can only shoot those very specific three spots. Like, his antenna, his chest, or, like, his bottom. Yeah. And, like, if you are not shooting those spots, your shots don't count. And yeah. guess what? Those spots cover all the areas you need to be in to shoot those spots. <laughs> so it sucks. You're like, oh, I need to shoot the chest cavity. The antenna is shooting a perfect diagonal laser where I need to fucking be. I want to shoot the antenna. The spaceship's got that covered in their S. Like, <laughs> Nice. It's all over the place. It, basically, it's like a boss that is very, very good at getting you into very shitty traps. Mm-hmm. So you just have to learn how to use the like the small aeroplanes uh, better speed and size. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's it's so fucking frustrating. But beating him was so good. Like, like you you beat a boss that you've been working on for an hour and a half, and your heart skips a beat. It's so good. I like that. It's fun. Cuphead. Don't deal with the devil. It's great. Uh, I've also been playing Nino Kuni too, and it is so fucking good. Nino Kuni two is the shit, my guys. I'm so sad that it didn't sell very well. Ah. Uh. Mm-hmm. I've, I've just never heard about it. That's mostly because of the first game, right? Like, why yeah, it didn't so well? It was a like it was an okay game. It got some buzz because it was like Studio Ghibli is working on a JRPG. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh shit, it looks gorgeous. Yeah, no shit, it's Studio Ghibli. But I played it and it was pretty mediocre. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but th- this game completely turns all of that shit on its head. Uh, it becomes like an almost tales of sort of action RPG, which I love. Uh, there's so many different like modes of gameplay. There's you know the overworld, and then there's spe- like specific dungeons, and then there's like this weird RTS style war game because you're you're trying to become the king of this castle, and it's great. It's so good. Mm-hmm. I don't want to spoil the story. It's very uh, sincere. It's easy to make fun of just because it's so sincere, but it is still good. Mm-hmm. Like, it is very anime, but it's like, oh, I'm feeling feelings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no spoilers, but like the best part of the game is that he plays the U.S. president. Not even. like the It's like a bait and switch. It's like the president gets nuked and everything, and there's this weird cat boy that looks like a girl. <laughs> and you're like, this guy, this guy's not the king. And then you start playing as him, and it's like, oh, it kind of subverts your expectations. Like, you, not, ev- everybody, including the, the player character, is like, mm, this kid, this chump. And then you get put into his shoes, and you're like, I want to make him the king now. This boy deserves it. Hmm. He's got a big heart. That's cool. Mm. I like and, that. And uh, the last game I've been playing is, oh, and by the way, the, the production values on the game are excellent. It looks gorgeous. It has fucking the best music, the best graphics. Mm-hmm. It's just... It is what it is, man. Studio Ghibli levels of production. It's level five in Studio Ghibli. It's... (laughs) I don't know what else to tell you. Mm -hmm. I like that. Uh, Finally, I've been playing Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. Mm. Eevee? I've been having a... (laughs) I wish it's how I sound. Eevee! (laughs) Hello! (laughs) Let's go, Eevee! Put me on your head! No, Let's Go Eevee is... um, the newest open world style JRPG Pokemon game came out, I think, last year. Yeah. Um, I thought it was going to suck, and I was wrong, and I want to apologize to Junichi Masuda. <laughs> I'm sorry. You were really, like, dunking on the game for a little bit. Oh, yeah. I thought it was going to be absolute dog shit. It was, it was um, a tie-in with uh, Pokemon Go. Uh, they said they were simplifying all of the systems and taking out, I think, even things like abilities are out of the game. Like, abilities, holding items, um, EV training is out. Like, all that important shit that I'd like to geek out and talk shit over uh, is out of the game. It looked like baby's first Pokemon game. But that's the thing I like about it. It's like this 20-hour long, it's quick, it's cute, it's got a lot of polish in it. Um, It's a little bit self-aware of where Pokemon's been for the last 20-some-odd years. And it's just a good time. It's very simple. The only thing I don't like about it, though, is that uh, I like to, like, like, as a person that has been playing Pokemon since before I could read, uh, you, you develop the connections between your party members, and that's like, it's fucking your brothers, it's your babies. You gotta raise them up good. But in this game, it kind of feels like because um, chain catching is so much more important, where you catch one Pokemon and then you catch the same Pokemon over and over, um... And once you start getting those combos, you get better IVs, which lead to better stats. It kind of de-emphasizes, like, just encountering a Pokemon in the wild and the importance of that. It's just kind of like, yeah, another Rhyhorn, but I need to catch 10 more so I can get decent IVs Rhyhorn. Okay. So I can get so an okay ride on. kind of like a grind. Yeah, it's like. a little bit of a grind, but that's kind of what I like about it. Yeah. Uh, it emphasizes in as its own, like, minigame catching the Pokemon, so it's separate from trainer battles, which I actually enjoy. Uh, it makes uh, catching Pokemon a lot less of a slog, so you don't have to take a couple of minutes and weaken them down, and then you start throwing Pokeballs at them. No, it's just you're you're using your switch, you're swinging it around, and you're clicking the A button, shoots out a Pokeball, you catch it. It's fine. It's easy. Very cute game. Uh, I, like I highly recommend it as a Pokemon fan. Yeah, just fun. Cool. 
Speaking of Pokemon. Yes. Oh. We just got a Detective Pikachu. And that's been my most anticipated thing this year. Gentlemen, what do you think? We're going to start with Bailey just because he has the least connection with Pokemon. Work my way up to me. Are we, are we allowed to spoils? Uh, let's do an overall, like, how you're feeling about it, and then we'll put up a spoiler disclaimer. I feel very smiley about it. It makes me happy. <laughs> uh, it, that's, that's basically it. Like, I expected to go in there and just to get to see some Pokemon doing cute shit and being cute and being cute with people and people being cute with Pokemon and just cute stuff. And I got that. And I'm very happy about that. Uh, nine out of ten. Would watch it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Christian, what about you? Um, I have basically zero complaints about the movie. It's so good. The Pokemon look great. It's straightforward. It, it's not going to be like, you know, your Oscar winner. But <laughs> I like that about it. It's just a fun movie. That's all I wanted. Yeah, I do like it. Like the plot is formulaic. Um, a lot of it is like stuff getting pulled out of the asses of the writers. That's just how it'd be. It's a kid's movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that as like a derogatory, like kids' movies can't aspire to greatness. No, it's a Pokemon movie is the problem. It's not that it's a kid's movie. It's Pokemon. Pokemon's dumb as shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think they did a good job of not like, like it was, the whole movie was fan service basically, but it didn't feel like they were just throwing stuff up there just to get you to go, yes. Like, yeah, it, was it's, like it just felt like everything had a purpose. It was like, like cute that. things, like in the... In the arena, you would see red because it's like a fucking Japanese dude with a red hat. It's like, oh, shit, that's red, red. That's red from the game. It's red. It's red. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was flipping flipping out. I was seeing all the cute Pokemon signs and the different brands and all that shit and trying to figure out where things were. They mentioned uh, Pokemon, like the Kanto region at one point just for the origins of Mewtwo. And I was like, oh, they know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. And it felt like they were like in touch with like what makes Pokemon fun. Yeah. And it's cute Pokemon doing cute things, but also being able to level cliffs with their fucking fists. That's what I love yeah. about Pokemans. And Ryan Reynolds is perfect. Ryan Reynolds is <laughs> perfect. He carries so... that movie. His shoulders must be so tired. Uh, and, like, at first I was like, this is really weird. I'm just watching a Pikachu talk. But, like, it works so well. You get into it. And if you have daddy issues, it touches your heart. <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't expecting that shit, dude. That wasn't, like, that's a good movie, but I didn't want to be thinking about my family and shit now. God, yikes. A little too close to home, Pikachu. Broken family, Pikachu and the the mystery of where dad went. Stay in your lane, Ryan Reynolds. (laughs) Um, But yeah, my overall feelings on it are, you know, it's positive. It's a fun Pokemon movie. Um, it's better than it had any right to be, but it's not like by any means, as Christian said, like an Oscar winner. Yeah. That's good. I would definitely say it's probably, if not the best, like in the top three video game movies. Probably. I'd say it's probably like the best one. I would agree. Like that Ace Attorney and probably, I haven't seen it, but I know that the Yakuza movie is good. Yeah. Yeah. Like I haven't seen two of those movies. The Ace Attorney movie is very good. <laughs> like, I didn't even know there was an Ace Attorney movie either. or a Yakuza movie. But yeah. both directed by the same dude, by the by. Good like, for him. He's killing it. It was really good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, I guess this is our spoiler talk. Spoilers! Spoilers! They're here in five, four, three, two, one. Cool. Uh, Ryan Reynolds did 9 11. Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Can we, on a serious note, so the whole plot of the movie is like they have this uh gas virus stuff that infects the pokemon if they breathe it and it makes them turn vicious and wild Mm -hmm. okay 
that made me feel really uncomfortable. Like as a plot point, it's a good point. But oh my god, every time I saw like they're drugging up these Pokemon, I got I felt so gross inside. I was yeah. like, humans are the worst, and this is the exact reason we can't have Pokemon in real life because humans are gonna be shitty. Like who deserves to genocide us, man? Like because <laughs> anytime I think like I want Pokemon in real life, then I'm like, what are what are people gonna abuse their Pokemon with? Capitalism. Like, fucking, I <laughs> mm-hmm. hate. Ugh, because. This movie makes me want Pokemon in real life, but I'm like, no, they're not going to, they don't deserve us. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like that, that plot point was like, if this was a different rating, that could have maybe resulted in a, like a, a Pokemon human related death. Like I could see Charizard snapping somebody in half. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh. I could see that being a real thing, but. Uh, but it's, it's Mewtwo is like the plot twist villain, but not at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mewtwo's been captured. He's been put into a science facility. Uh, the, this old man, I forget his name already, fuck. Howard. Howard. Yeah. Howard Clifford. <laughs> Howard Clifford, the big red dog. Um, he wants to, he's fascinated by Pokemon's ability to evolve because he has a degenerative muscular disease, which keeps him wheelchair bound. Um, throughout the movie, he's kind of portrayed as the good guy, but then like fucking shock of all shocks, he's not. He wants to inhabit Mewtwo's brain and change everybody into Pokemon. <laughs> Which, uh, how he got from I want to be Mewtwo to everyone should be Pokemon, that was, I feel like, you should be a a Trubish. Like, I was like, like, oh, it makes sense for him to want to be Mewtwo. But then when he was like, now the world's going to be Pokemon, I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, whoa, you you cranked it up to a 12 immediately. (laughs) I do appreciate that, like, Mewtwo was an actual plot point, though, instead of just like, Mewtwo's here. Pokemon, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like he like actually had a huge part in the plot and how everything works. Because in the that. trailer, it looked like he was just being thrown in there. Yeah, exactly. But, no, it was very good. Mm-hmm. Very much appreciate it. Uh, but it's this boy. He's uh, able to talk to his Pikachu. He he like inhales the gas. And he's like, oh man, Pikachu, I can talk to you. This little Pikachu with a detective hat, just like in the video game. Cute. His name's Tim, just like in the video game. But. Yeah, it's just like a, it's a fun movie. Mm-hmm. It's fun and it's cute and it's like there's like we literally spoiled the entire story. Like you can from piecing together like there's going to be a detective Pikachu and there's a science lab. You know exactly what the rest of the movie's going to be. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, I don't know. You're here for a fun time. Mhm. I will say the family plot was nice though. No, it was, it was. very nice mm-hmm. and it has a very good message like yeah. about Fucking treating animals right, <laughs> treating and animals then right. and then like family stuff. Yeah, connect very with, nice. Connect with your family, you know. I liked it a lot, and like, be willing to forgive your family's fuck ups. I saw people online saying like the acting wasn't very good, but I didn't. I think in the beginning, like Justice Smith, I think his name is. Mm-hmm. In the very beginning, I was like, I wanted to laugh at some of his acting, but as the movie went on, I was, I had no beef. Yeah, I guess the only like actor I think was uh, what's that one girl, Lucy? Mm-hmm. Like her acting, you could see like, okay, you're a little too campy, but I feel like that's also like how the movie was gonna be shot and directed. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, also it's a, a Pokemon campy. movie. Yeah, like why? It's like, it's like she didn't act good. Fucking Bulbasaur is I'm right not, here. I'm like I think people need to chill out a little bit. With their I'm not movies. expecting yeah. like, Daniel Day Lewis to walk in and just be like, Mewtwo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't need that. Like. <laughs> It's a Pokemon movie. I want corny, dumb bullshit. I've grown up with Pokemon. You know, I've watched the anime. The anime is way worse than this. Oh, yeah. I don't see anybody shitting on that anime for bad acting or bad voice acting. Where are those people at? 
<laughs> I'm going to start shit-talking Pokemon the movie 2000 now. God, Ash is a terrible voice actor. Fuck whoever played Ash. God. Oh, man, they're not just not selling this scene. Four out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> um, but well, I'm, I'm very fucking happy because Slacking was in that movie several times. Yeah, oh, he, he was, was great. A lot. Yeah, he was, like, I didn't even think he was going to make an appearance, and he's just, like, all over the fucking yeah, dude, place. He's background heaven. Like, they were all over that. <laughs> Like he de- he doesn't interact with anybody throughout the entire movie. He's just sitting there being sleepy, but he's in the movie. Love him. Mm-hmm. They did a really good job of just like this world is full of Pokemon, and they didn't like. It just felt natural. Mm-hmm. It was like I could see this. this exactly. Is great. And it does it like I said last episode. It does that thing where, and it, it kind of it kind of like puts it into canon where it's like this is how you would draw this as a cartoon. Like this. The representations that you see in the video games are how you would draw these actual creatures in a cartoon format, but in real life, they are horrifying. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, they did a good job of, like, some of these Pokemon are super furry and, like, cute looking, and then some of them, Mr. Mime, are fucking weird looking. You can also yeah. say, you can say Gengar, that thing's gonna haunt my nightmares. He was terrifying, but I loved it. <laughs> like, oh you don't my think, God. like... The yeah, best the part thing... was seeing the balloons, and the balloons look exactly like the cartoons and stuff. I thought that was really cool. That's really cool. Like, Gengar, the balloon, I was like, he looks nothing like he would in real <laughs> life. Like, I love that. And it's like, you don't think about, like, how a creature would look if it was 90% smile and, like, 50% of that smile was one yeah. foot by one foot teeth. That guy um, has just molars in his mouth. It's he, insane. Ooh, he's threatening. Oh, so There's cool. a whole lot of... Uh, little references to things like they had like a, a reference to the Squirtle Squad, which I thought was fucking great. Oh yeah, <laughs> what was the Pokemon in the coffee shop where he's like Ludicolo? Yeah, that thing is. I love that thing. <laughs> I, I don't know much about Pokemon, but just seeing him like just go like Ludicolo. So dumb looking, but it's so fucking funny. I love just goblin characters. They're just so much fun. So good. I love how they're also self-aware about the Pokemon looking terrifying, too. (laughs) Like, Ludicolo and Psyduck are fucking horror shows, and they play that up throughout the movie. Like, these are weird looking fucking creatures, but we Mm -hmm. live with them because we love them. And it's cool. Is Rhyme City like a a video game thing as well? No, that's completely new. Okay. That's cool that they made that up because, like... In any other environment that Pokemon has that I'm aware of, like the Pokemon don't necessarily have that level of personality or, or freedom to show that. Like if you were to show up at any other places in the game, you'd be like, oh, these are some Pokemons, but you got to talk to that trainer first. Like, <laughs> you got to get through the trainer first to see some interactions with Pokemon. And it was cool to have that environment where they're just out and free and you get to see their expression and their personality and stuff. That was a good decision. Huge I also fan. like how they focused less on like the teams of Pokemon, like your six, your six Pokemon party. Mm-hmm. And instead it was like everybody kind of has like their soulmate Pokemon. Like, yeah. I've yeah. chosen you. You've chosen Everyone's me. Everyone's got We're their friends like, starter. until we mm-hmm. die. Mm-hmm. Which is like, that's exactly how I pictured it like in the game. It's like, that is mine. This starter that's mine is with me throughout the entire game. And I really so love how nice. they capitalized on that in um, Let's Go Eevee and Pikachu because you have like your, your team of Pokemon and then you have your Eevee and your Eevee is your homie and you can dress it up and you can pet it and it has all the HMs in the game. So you're riding on a surfboard. Guess who's on, who's riding on the front? Eevee. Oh, <laughs> yes. That's cute. It's like your little homie, and it's like there's little, like, oh, fuck, I forgot to mention this, too. There's, like, little cutscenes where Eevee will just go off, and, like, it's, like, got a lot of personality, and it's really cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it feels like this is my boy. Mm-hmm. And they did a good job in the movie with, like, we know Psyduck can't run, so she's got a backpack that straps him yes. in on her back. Yes, baby Psyduck. Oh, oh, my God. oh, which is super cute. Or, like, Pikachu is like, 
can I sit on your shoulder? And he's like, no. And he's like, fine. I wanted to get a thousand steps in right now or something. <laughs> like, uh. My lungs are the size of grapes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is very good. Very Perfect. good. That's good shit. Uh, I think Justice Smith did a really good job playing straight man to Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. I think yeah. as they develop throughout the movie. And I really did like how it's kind of natural how they develop as partners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very cute. You find out that Ryan Reynolds was inside Pikachu all along, and it's kind of weird to see Ryan Reynolds as a person. Oh, yeah. it's It was very weird at the end to, like, pan to Ryan Reynolds, and I'm like, what? And then Pikachu just yeah. starts saying Pika Pika, and I'm like, no. <laughs> I know that speak. was what a twist up that was, where like the shot was just Pikachu, and then like you hear like, hey kid, and you expect Pikachu to come by and talk, and it's Ryan Reynolds, the real Deadpool. Like <laughs> which he only looks better with age. Oh my god. Oh, he's god. he's looking good in this movie. He is like the the human embodiment of like a fine wine. Like, oh, oh, you are Jesus Christ. That is the perfect way to describe him. There is no him. vinegar in this wine, it's all Ryan. God, he's uh. so f- in French, God. <laughs> but yeah, I think overall we really enjoy. I would honestly, I could go back and see this movie again. Definitely. Oh, for sure. Uh, I would see it in theaters, though. It's a lot more fun with a gigantic screen. You're seeing all these Pokemon. There's like a lot of good action scenes, honestly. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like and it's it's mm-hmm. like put together well. It's edited well. Like it's clear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything about it. Yeah, I like it a lot. Yeah, huge fan. Would recommend to everybody. I think they recognize they're making a dumb, fun Pokemon movie, and they went all in. Yeah, I'm totally happy about the fact that they didn't even explain how Pokemon work also. They just kind of went into the world, and you just fucking like, yeah, there's Pokemon here. We're not going to tell you that there's different variations of monsters, and some of them can control the wind itself and shit. You'll figure that out as we go. Mm-hmm. Like, they just did very minimal explanation, and it was very respect, like respectful to the Pokemon community as a whole. It also I makes it more that. natural because yeah. it's like... You're not going to walk into a regular movie and it's like, this is a dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, it, I, it's not that it, well, it does assume familiarity. It's like a pop culture thing. Yeah. But it's like, it's also, it's like, we're just going to throw you into this world. We're going to tell you a story instead of just being like, hi, my name's Professor Hoak and this is my TED talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like, you don't need to know all this stuff about the Pokemon for the movie anyways. Mm-hmm. Like. Mm-hmm. They do a good job of making it for the fans and also the people that just played Pokemon Go. (laughs) Exactly. Mm -hmm. Which is, I think that's one of the best things that Pokemon does, like, in general, is just being open for new people, but also really Mm -hmm. good for the fans. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which is really surprising since Pokemon's been around for, like, 20-plus years. Oh, and I wanted to mention that real quick, too. Justice Smith in the movie is our age, the same age as Pokemon. Ah. Yeah. I didn't. Yep. That's really good. It's very cute. And their phones look like little Pokédexes. No, it's, did you see it? It had a little slider. It's a 3DS. Oh, it, really? Like, he doesn't open it, but the bottom has the little white thumbstick, so it's a little tiny 3DS. Uh, oh, that's cute. I just love that. whatever they did. It's really good. Very, very cute. It had a, a big personality and a lot of heart. I would recommend to go see mm-hmm. Detective Pikachu. It's very good. Oh, yeah. Like, it's just a good, fun movie. That's I what I, I want. To, I, Fuck it, it keep it doesn't scratch my Pokemon itch though. Like only Sword and Shield can do that. I, I want the full game. <laughs> I, I just, oh my god, and we haven't heard any fucking news about it since the the initial announcement. So I don't know jack dick about my little boy, my my little monkey man. I mean, we got the direct coming soon. The direct is coming. E three is coming. It's definitely gonna get mentioned and everything. But fuck, and it's yeah, definitely baby. not coming out until like November. Yeah, I mean, that's Pokemon month. We know it. We know. It's October, November. That's when Gen 7 came out. But fuck! Ugh, I would love if it came out, like, t- 
tomorrow. <laughs> I would pick it. I would pay eighty dollars right now for Pokemon. Right now, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I think that about wraps us up for this episode. Yeah. Go see Detective too. Pikachu. Uh, if you like Pokemon, Let's Go is also a really good alternative. Uh, now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to go to the mall and buy Pokemon Tournament. <laughs> oh, why? Because I need it. But you, no, you don't. I do. No, you don't. I do. <sighs> okay. Do you? The Pokemon itch is real. There's nothing that can scratch it. Okay. Pokemon's good. Fuck you guys. It's just underrated. Okay. A little simple. Yeah, that's a one, that's one way to use the word. I'm, I'm not a big fighting game fan anyways. <laughs> so I'm sorry. This is awkward. <laughs> Don't buy Pokemon. It is Ow. not $15. <laughs> You're not $15. It's right, still probably 60 <laughs> I'm probably around that. <laughs> I might reconsider. I'm going to love you. <laughs> you can just play Tekken. Fuck you. What if I want to <laughs> play Tekken with a fucking mouse that shoots electricity out of his butt, dickhead? You ever think of that? You can just play Tekken. Uh, fuck you. <laughs> Is Pikachu even in Pokemon Tournament? Yeah. Oh. Pikachu Libre. Oh, you're right. And I think regular Pikachu's in there, too. We only care about Pikachu Libre in this house. Pika Libre. This is starting to trail off in a weird Libre direction. Libre Thank you for listening to episode 26 of the I Can Dig It podcast. Perhaps our last because of how bad this one was. <laughs> Well, fucking Ooh. shit. All I'm right. joking. It was You fun. know what? Bye. <laughs> no. <laughs> if you want to get in contact with the podcast, uh, you can find us at, at twitter.com, uh, at I Can Dig It Pod. If you want to talk to Christian specifically, that's going to be I, Chris Romero. For me, it's going to be at Duke of Zombies. <laughs> Bailey's on the streets. Find me on the streets. Bailey's on the streets. If you throw a Pokeball at him, you could probably like raise him, and he'll teach you about your dad real good. I need some XP. <laughs> Grind for meat. <laughs> Talk about your daddy issues with Bailey if you catch him. <laughs> I was do. really hoping you were going to have another rhyme. No, sorry. Oh. Mon ami. Cat a... There we go. <laughs> He'll be a disappointing Pokemon. It's fine. It's okay. <laughs> if you want to talk to me, I'm going to be at Duco Zombies. Um, uh, the show, you can find it pretty much anywhere. We are, uh, I think we're, you're, you're going to hear a tag at the end of this that says we're on Stitcher. I've noticed that because I started listening to the podcast and I didn't know that shit was there. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so um, you can find us on Oh, boy. Apple iTunes. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on all the other little distribution podcast places. We're basically everywhere. Uh, but if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, we'd really appreciate it if you rate and reviewed us. Helps us in the analytics. Uh, and, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you... Oh, I, I can dig it 18 at gmail.com is our email if you want to get in contact with us. Otherwise, but, yeah, thanks for listening to episode 26 of the I Can Dig It podcast. Uh, now, if you'll excuse me, I have a lot of dick pics to delete. I've been Ike. Uh, Bailey. Uh, Christian. And I can dig it. Dick it. Dig it. Oh, oh Jesus. <laughs> this got... Don't send news to your fans. Gotta follow my rainbow. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs>